What is up, everyone? Welcome, everyone, to Politics Express, the Postwriters Politics Podcast. I'm your host, the Postwriters Politics Editor, Lars Emerson, and we are back this week as the GOP primary explodes open with another iteration in our ongoing 2024 Republican presidential primary draft. Welcome back to our 2024 Republican presidential primary draft. I'm joined by our editor-in-chief, Michael Levito. What's up, Mike? Levito, it was a bold decision to to record this on Twitter spaces initially. Unfortunately, did not work out. We're just too popular. And we got so many people joining the space that it melted the servers of this million-dollar company run by who I've been assured is the richest and also the smartest man on earth. Um, and uh but the good news is we can use this technology this technical know-how and build a rocket to colonize mars with later so i'm doing good i don't understand this reference you're making that's (laughs) that's very strange um but that reference is of course about ron desantis uh and our other 2024 primary contributor and longtime friend of ours on the site chris chobin he is currently reveling in the announcement from this past week and has graciously rested on his laurels and will be sitting out from the draft and trades today very self-assured that his roster is already perfect You've been able to follow along with our live interactive at thepostwriter.com slash 2024 draft, where you can see our order of picks, how many points we've accumulated over the years. We've been doing this over a year, I think, uh, and each of our rosters. We last got together at the end of February, and at that time, only Donald Trump and Nikki Haley had announced. It was nonetheless an episode that saw some big moves and some heartbreak. Michael here who leads in the points so far with three candidates announced on his roster made some big substitutions and Lars picked up the scraps Chris meanwhile has been biding his time waiting for the moment that now happened the announcement of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis Uh, and now with the announcements from DeSantis and South Carolina Senator Tim Scott Chris has 10 points still behind Michael who leaves with 15 points thanks to the announcement of former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson which leaves me in last place with only five points. But to quote millions of passionate supporters across the country, at least I have Trump. (laughs) I also scored points because of the announcement of former talk show host and candidate for governor of California, Larry Elder. You did. (laughs) Um, Someone none of us scored points for, though, was uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who is an entrepreneur and has announced he is running uh, and is generating more buzz than... Like I would say more buzz than Nikki Haley. Like he, I see him a lot. He's making the rounds. Uh, None of us had him on his rosters. None of us get points, but now we're back to refresh our rosters, talk about what's happened and strategize a little. So let's get started, Mike. Uh, Let's remind the audiences who are listening in the car or airplane or somewhere. They can't see our live bracket. uh, Who's on our brackets. So Mike, (laughs) You've got Mike Pence, Nikki Haley, Asa Hutchinson, John Bolton, Larry Elder, Will Hurd, Mike Rogers, and your home state hero, Chris Christie. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say Mike can still win if Mike Pence has the courage, because you're already winning. <laughs> but you could win more if Mike Pence has the courage. I could. I suspect <laughs> that he will have the courage to run for president. Um, I don't suspect that what many people can. Cons- uh, considered his lack of courage um, <laughs> and by many people I mean people who are incorrect 
on uh, on January 6, 2021. Um, yeah, I so my big concern is that I have kind of like a front-running roster in the sense that I have a lot of people who I think who, well, who either have announced or who I think will announce. Um, I am concerned about how they're going to perform uh, throughout the rest of the primary, though. I agree. <laughs> you have some <laughs> you have some low hanging fruit. Yeah. And you've accumulated a lot of points early. But you get I mean, like the way we've stacked it, you get a lot of points just for like having someone who announced. Mm-hmm. Whereas you get few points for people who just like win the late states, right? Yeah. So if all these people stick around to like Iowa, or if enough of them do, you you've got a solid lead there. <laughs> um over on Chris's bracket, uh, he's got Twitter guru, Ron DeSantis. He's got Tim Scott, Christy Nome, Greg Abbott, Mike DeWine, Doug Ducey, Brian Kemp, and Mitt Romney. Chris is so excited about his eight roster members that, like I said, he's not here. He will not be trading or drafting anyone today. Meanwhile, on my bracket, I'm getting tired of living out Trump's whole thing, which is that I claim <laughs> I'm a winner, and then I end up being a total loser. What with my measly five points generated by my current roster. My roster has taken some hits since our last episode. So it is led by Donald Trump. It is then followed by Mike Pompeo, who has since our last episode announced he's not running. Larry Hogan, who has since our last episode announced he's not running. Liz Cheney, who has just kind of gone AWOL. I haven't heard from her in a while. Uh, Chris Sununu, eh, a little hope there. Glenn Youngkin, who has since our last episode said he's not running, <laughs> Ted but, Cruz. But, well, but he actually he there was reporting that he will reopen the door if the yeah. Virginia legislative elections go well for him this year. Yes, I, I saw that, and it's why I will not be dropping him today, Mike. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, I also have Ted Cruz, who guess what? Since our last episode said he too will not be running, and Marco oh, Rubio, who are you ready for this, Mike? Mm-hmm. <laughs> has also said he's not running since our last episode. I took oh, a big L. <laughs> the 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 Red Sox selling Babe Ruth to the Yankees for like a couple <laughs> bucks. Um, let's see here. Um, <laughs> the um, I can't think of any other lopsided trades right now. Uh, the Mets trading Scott Kazmir, but that's a niche one. Um, Point is, well, the, the Mets trading Nolan Ryan. How about that? Um, that was bad. But point is, I think you know when you look at like lopsided trades in history, <laughs> I think that me trading you Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio for Nikki Haley and Rand Paul. Um, I right now I'm, I'm coming out on the positive end on that. <laughs> oh no, I got totally screwed. I really screwed the pooch on this year. Oh, well, I have some time to change that during this episode. So before we dive in and open trading, drafts and more, uh, anyone want to put their cards on the table and express any remorse? I'll express some remorse. <laughs> this, this, I was so sure Mike Pump. I mean, so let me put it this way. Well, Mike Pompeo totally everybody. was running for president and then he yeah. realized it wouldn't work. So he didn't yeah. declare. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought he was going to run too. I mean, I, he was on my big board when we were initially drafting, so. Yeah, Yeah. Um, I would say the same thing about Larry Hogan. He made all the moves. I think he tried to run for president and then was like, this is not going to work. Yeah, yeah, I think there was, that wasn't a bad pick. I think there was some question about uh, whether he'd run for president as a Republican per se, but. Mm -hmm. 
um i don't know anyone you're really lamenting having on your bracket right now i mean not anymore i there are some <laughs> changes i want to make but I'll, I'll discuss them as 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 we get to the uh the adding and dropping that's uh i think that's fair so uh yeah we've got only seven months till the primary starts isn't that crazy um so we're here. We've got DeSantis and Scott are in the race. Chris has picked up some points. Mike's picked up some points. Uh, let's open up the floor to some drafts. Uh, listeners may recall that we do this through a random draw based on a, a snake draw system. So someone will go first and someone will go second, and then that person will get to go again. Uh, same deal this time. Uh, Mike, pick a number between one and two. 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 I'm sorry. It's, it's one. <laughs> so it'll go me, you, you, me, and so on. Excellent. I mean, you are in last place. So <laughs> that's that's true. This seems there. this seems reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this is great. So this would be an excellent time for me to drop Larry Hogan, who though he just spoke at both of our alma mater. <laughs> for their graduation i will be dropping for my bracket because i don't think he's running for president and i don't think he's going to change his mind and i will be picking up uh the governor (laughs) because that's my thing i like governors the governor of north dakota doug burgum uh he has not said he will be running but i have started picking up a lot of rumors that he's going to launch like a dark horse campaign for the presidency so he is i i want those points i gotta i gotta start picking up some points yeah i think it was the week published an article that was literally like why is doug berg i'm running for president it's like well, yeah. you say he's running i guess he is um <laughs> yeah that really came out of nowhere just someone yeah. who is not on anybody's radar i think somebody most people outside of North Dakota probably could not name. Um, really, I, I don't really understand it at all. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand why most of these people are running for president, to be perfectly clear. Um, uh, <laughs> Doug Burgum, also, by the way, for people who, I don't know. So when I imagine North Dakotans, like they're senators, they all kind of look a little frumpy. Doug Burgum looks like a Republican. Um, <laughs> like, what does he look like? He looks kind of like a uh, Republican Gavin Newsom in a way. He's got this kind of like crazy hair and like glasses and stuff. It's he's not what you think he looks like. No, he he, <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't look like. Um, you would think the governor of Dakota might North Dakota might look like john tester or something but yeah um, yeah he doesn't know he's like a tech billionaire right um i or like a software billionaire yeah he he, or he was an investor in great plain software excuse me yes he apparently sold it to microsoft for 1.1 billion dollars yeah so that's cool (laughs) um also signed a near total abortion ban in his state just in time to announce his presidential run um watch him not run (laughs) then i'll i mean i guess i'm losing nothing for that so i will pass it on to you mike all right so one person who on my uh, team my roster who has not said that they won't run but has seemed to not be doing anything that would suggest he is running even though he said he might is a former I guess at this point, his most recent job was NSA advisor, uh, John Bolton. Mm. Um, 
who made a big deal about how if he didn't think there was anyone who could beat Trump, that he would run for president. He gave an interview on British TV and they lied about him running for president. Like he was like, well, if I did run for president and then they were like, he's running for president. And then he's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> it was very strange. Um, but as far as I can tell, like he has not been going to like Iowa or New Hampshire or anything. Like he has not been um, actively running or like doing anything. So I'm actually going to make kind of an odd move here um, because obviously the, 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 the most points that are kind of out there are for people who are announcing. That's kind of an easy point. But I am actually going to take the aforementioned Vivek Ramaswamy. Oh, um, yeah. He is, I mean, actually polling, granted, at like 3%. But he's polling in like the top like five or six in a lot of polls. He's going to be at debates. If, he, if there is a microphone within half a mile of him, he immediately runs toward it. Yeah. Um, he's been on TV all the time. I don't think he's necessarily going to do well vote-wise because I just think most people don't know who he is. And also... He's very, he has like the very niche concern of like ESG and stuff like that. Like it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but um, he's going to be at the debates and you can get points for that. So I will be drafting Vivek Ramaswamy. I, I admire your strategy, Mike. I will concede that once again, I may have made a foible here. I probably should have done that first because he's totally, like he's got the resources to stay in this thing, at least through some debates and you get a lot more points for debates than you do for just announcing Good job, Mike. Yeah, my my one concern is that I do think I saw that there was some kind of communication between he and the Trump campaign. And I do almost wonder if he is now a dark horse for the vice presidential spot if Trump was the nomination. Um, And so if that's the case, does he drop out early and it makes my pick moot? But I I think he wants to get his name out there a little bit. So I think he'll always be at the... No, I I like it. That is... (laughs) That is smart. He's um, he really is everywhere. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of impressive the degree to which I have heard from him as opposed to like like you see Trump in the news and you see DeSantis in the news. Mm-hmm. And I guess I just hear from Ramaswamy more because well, he goes on t- like he, he's, he goes on like CNN and stuff like to his credit. I think his like legit line was like, "Well, if I'm gonna have to sit like across the table from Xi Jinping, I'm gonna have to sit across the table from Don Lemon, right?" Yeah, like, yeah. And he basically also helped get Don Lemon fired, so um, <laughs> that's a big one for him, I guess. Um, all right, nice, nice draft. Uh, it's back to you if you'd like to do it again. Ooh, that's a good point. <sighs> feel feel free to pass. <laughs> Yeah. So I can tell you what I was thinking, which was that I was thinking that I might want to drop Larry Elder because I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think anybody does, but like Mm. I haven't even really seen his name show up in polls. Yeah. But looking at the rest of the field, there's actually nobody who I want to draft more. There is maybe one other name I was thinking about but I'm not going to pick him for reasons that we may discuss if somebody else ends up picking him. <laughs> is, that a, is that a I'm passing from Mike? Yes. Okay. I mean, I, I think that is the right move. <laughs> whatever worth, whatever my strategy is worth. Um, your, your roster is just like the strongest, right? You have all of these people who are running who you don't want to drop because 
you'll get points for them. It's 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 just like you're well um, you're well diversified. Whereas I feel like Chris and I are both really all in on one person. <laughs> um, yeah, mine's the yeah. most well rounded, but it's like it doesn't matter if none of these people come even close to winning the nomination. I don't know, but I'll enjoy my lead while I have it. Yeah. Um, I, I was not that long. You just got to hold on to them for a little bit longer. <laughs> I think we got, you got time. Um, okay. Awesome. So now I'm going to drop Mike Pompeo, uh, which is unfortunate. Like I said, I really thought he was going to run. I thought that would have at least been interesting. Um, I don't know. He made all the moves. Uh, I, I, I even like moved him up. I thought he was like the number two best pick uh, when all the other ones were taken. But uh, I will be dropping uh, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo for, <laughs> are you ready for this? For uh, former Energy Secretary and former Texas Governor Rick Perry. So Rick Perry has also been rumored to be planning something. I kind of low-key think that Trump has called him and said, please enter the race so that there are 20 of you and one of me. <laughs> I like, I don't know, like that thought crossed my mind. I, I found like some rumor that Perry's considering it. And I was like, I, this is totally something Trump would do. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I know. I know Rick Perry has had very successful presidential campaigns before, so... I was going to say, it wasn't so well from the first two times he did it. But hey, you know who else failed pretty badly in their first two bids for presidency before becoming president? Donald Trump? Joe Biden. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Donald Trump only failed once. once. Yeah. Before, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'll take Rick Perry. I, I mean, feel... of, of the available options, it's the best one. I also feel like I don't need Pompeo anymore, right? I might no, as well. I, no, it's it's there. He can give you nothing. Yeah, I might as well get some some pointy points here, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I think I'm going to do this again. I think I'm going to drop someone else. Um, if you were to guess who I'm about to drop, Mike, who would you guess? Um, Marco Rubio. That is correct. I will be dropping Marco Rubio. <laughs> Uh, and I'm going to drop Marco Rubio for someone who I think really wants to be vice president. And that is uh, the mayor of Miami, Francis Suarez. He's expected to make a decision on his presidential ambitions in June, which is coming up. So, you know, if there is even a 10% chance, I'm going to try and take those points. So, yeah, I, he, I was thinking about him and I almost dropped Larry Elder for him. Okay. Um, but have you been reading the news out of Miami recently? I, I, every day. <laughs> well, outside of, you know, really thrilling playoff runs from the Florida Panthers and Miami Heat, um, the Miami Herald published a headline just today that says, Ethics Commission is investigating Miami Mayor Francis Suarez's work for a developer. Um, apparently, there may have been some... Uh, unsound dealings between Suarez and a developer. Now, yeah. has, has that kind of behavior stopped anybody from running for president in the past? No, of course, it hasn't even stopped them from running for Congress. <laughs> um, but like, if, if there's something that's going to stop you from running for president and something like this, so that's why I didn't do it. But 
I think given your situation, like why not <laughs> fire on him? You know. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, no, I, and I have, and he, I, I feel like he had he much like Ron DeSantis. I feel like he had a good twenty twenty two, and he's had a, a bad twenty twenty three. It's like the crypto thing destroyed his reputation as like the mayor of crypto town, right? Because mm-hmm. he made my he like really went in on Miami's going to be the new crypto capital of the world, mm-hmm. like in the month before the crypto collapse. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just know that so apparently Kellyanne Conway has been like talking him up to a bunch of people um, and I don't remember I'm trying to remember if I read if she was like officially consulting for him mm. or something there's something like happening there and there's like a connection like between him and Trump where Trump <laughs> once said like he's maybe he's Trump thinks he's like very handsome and like keeps saying that and keeps saying like he might be like the most handsome politician in America other than me or like stuff like that. It's very uncomfortable. Um, and yeah, I think Suarez wants to be vice president and I think he may try to get his name out there by doing something bold. Yeah, I mean, I he's know. definitely somebody who has like, well, we'll see how this whole ethics investigation shakes out, but he's somebody who people think has a future in politics and it makes sense right that that yeah. should be sort of south florida latino vote i think is quickly becoming like a key part of the republican coalition um and if florida keeps moving further to the right you know ron DeSantis is not going to be governor forever um yeah rick scott and marco rubio will also probably not be red senators forever um and right. you know there's just also lots of republican friendly congressional districts in the miami area i He's going to end up somewhere, probably, again, assuming he doesn't turn out to be, like, doing super illegal stuff. But um, even then, you know. Yeah, you never know. Uh, But I will hand it back to you, Mike. Yeah, I'm I'm still going to pass. There there are no other moves I I think that I can make. I mean, like, still on the board, you have... um, people I've written about for the site in the past, like former Cranston, Rhode Island mayor, Steve Laffey, former Mm. Montana secretary of state and budding country superstar, Corey Stapleton. Um, I just, these people are not going to, they're not, nothing's going to happen with these people. They've already announced they're running. They're they're not, people don't ask about them in polls. They're not going to be at like the varsity debates. Um, I'll, I'll stick with Mike Rogers and Larry Elder (laughs) instead. Yeah, that's fair. Also, I think Will Hurd is expected to make a decision soon, too. Yes, yeah. Um, now, should I? Should I? I'm like replacing half my bracket. I'm debating just keeping going. So, I guess, you know what? Because you're the master here, Mike. There are two names that are coming to mind right now. We haven't talked about Tucker Carlson, who has emphatically said he will not be doing it. He, he literally <laughs> had his lawyer issue a cease and desist to a pact that is trying to draft him to run for president. Yeah, but what is that? Who <laughs> who cares? Um, what happens if Fox doesn't let him out of his little contract that says you can't compete with us? And he's like, well, I guess there's only one path left. <laughs> uh, I mean, that'd be fascinating if that's what he tried to do. I mean, look, he is of more value to you than Ted Cruz is at this point. See, but I think there's still a chance Ted Cruz cruises it up. 
I don't know why I believe that. I just like some gut instinct has always told me like Ted Cruz will be in this race. I mean, this is, this is, you've been saying this literally from day one. It's the <laughs> logic that led you to the disastrous trade you made with me. That's I true. Mean, it only benefits <laughs> me if you keep going with it. So um, far be it for me to tell you to act otherwise. Okay. Do you want to know the other name I'm considering? Sure. I've had her written down almost every episode. I can never bring myself to do it. I don't have the balls, Mike. Tulsi Gabbard. <laughs> She's not going to run as a Republican, though. Really? Oh, no, I think she, she... she she'd run as an independent. She is all over Fox News. So so and... is RSK Jr. Um, oh well, yeah, no, true. but but it's like she. It's like the same way how, like, if Joe Scarborough ran for president, he wouldn't do it as a Republican, right? Um, <sighs> I, I, she, I, I, I don't think she's. You can do it. I you know, don't <laughs> let me stop you, but I, I don't think she would run as a Republican. I, she would, she would try to like sell because she's, she's not like a conservative, right? Or she doesn't consider herself a conservative. I think she's like someone who considers herself so left she's right. Mm. Um, and like her base is not the Republican base. It is like a bunch of it's it's a bunch of weird people on Twitter, basically, um, which it, maybe that is the Republican base now that I think about it. But um, <laughs> I, you know, I mean, don't let me stop you. So maybe it's just because I've started looking at maybe I'm biased by my research into Trump's potential VP picks. But Tulsi Gabbard's name has been floating around there, too. I don't know. She also, I don't know. She campaigned for like Carrie Lake and JD Vance, right? Like she's been, yeah, she's been doing like strange stuff. Um, that makes me think, um, I don't know. I don't know. And like she talked at CPAC last year. That's true. I'm really tempted. Okay. Uh, Hmm. Hmm. Should I do it? Should I go for it? I'll wait for now. I'll chicken out and just keep Ted Cruz on here. I I feel like he needs to sit with me. I paid a lot for him. I should wear that as a stain on my record. All right, then we will take a commercial break. The Postwriter is primarily self-funded by its owners, and it costs hundreds of dollars per year to keep the site online. The money we raise and contribute ourselves allows us to pursue stories, projects, and interests that are important to us, while making them completely free to everyone online with minimal advertisements. We do, however, rely on contributions from readers, followers, and listeners like you to stay sustainable and go above and beyond. Every additional dollar we raise helps us do things like launch new podcasts, write more content, pursue larger projects, and engage more with current and future readers. If you're inclined to support us, you can go to thepostwriter.com slash donate to find out how to support the site and our projects financially. Thank you for your support and for contributing to the work we do. And we're back. All right, let's move into some trades, Mike. Uh, Go for it. Make me an offer for Ted Cruz. (laughs) Um... (laughs) <laughs> how do i put this can i have mike pence no 
No, I, there's, there, <laughs> I would trade you. I would trade you Mike Rogers for Glenn Youngkin. No, Glenn Youngkin is my boy. <laughs> Mike Rogers for Chris Sununu. No, no. I think Sununu is going to run. Yeah, that's <laughs> then there's no deal. <laughs> then it appears we're done here. Yeah, um, yeah. Would you want to give up Nikki Haley for anyone? No. Oh, well, I mean, like Donald Trump. Yeah, but that's the only one. I could do like a Chris Sununu for Nikki Haley swap. Yeah, that's I no no. Okay, she's gonna she's gonna pull better than he does. What about Hutchinson? Hutchinson for Chris Sununu. That's <laughs> that's interesting, right? It, that's tempting. Certainly tempting, but I also don't know who Sununu. Uh, I mean, Hutchinson's pulling at one percent, Sununu zero percent. Um, but then this other poll says that Sununu's pulling at one percent, Hutchinson's pulling at zero <laughs> I um, for now it's a no. Okay. But, okay. But maybe at some point it'll become a yes. Maybe after I get the points for Sununu announcing, we can trade. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Okay. Uh, well, then I have no trades for you, Mike. Okay. Um, I don't know. Any any lingering thoughts about your roster? Any need to change your team name? Not wanna... not about my <laughs> roster, but do do we want to kind of just discuss um, like the state of the field and what DeSantis' entry does or does not mean? Yeah. Do you have any quick thoughts about that? Yeah. I mean, I guess we should speak for Chris, who's not here, right? We should. <laughs> We've been talking a lot about our our rosters. Mm-hmm. Um, DeSantis and Scott are, I think, uh, they're they're kind of power players in this primary. I think. Well, I'll start with Tim Scott because DeSantis is not more interesting, but more notable. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tim Scott announced. Chris got the points for that. Tim Scott, I, I think if this were a smaller primary where it was like four candidates, I really think Tim Scott would have a chance to like outshine someone like DeSantis. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, I don't know, the, running on this whole compassionate conservative um, thing where it's like, you know, he's certainly more far right than George W. Bush or like other compassionate conservative types. And he's way more friendly with like Trump world and the Trump ideology, but he's able to like, tone down the racism um <laughs> he, he, tim tim scott is where the republican party party thought they would be after 2012 i think he's a little to the right but yes i think yeah i don't know yeah um, um I, I don't know that his entry changes anything in the race though tim scott's yeah no i i don't think it does i mean like maybe it edges out Nikki Haley as like third place. <laughs> that's uh, that's true. He is certainly of the South Carolina people, he is certainly the better option <laughs> for Republicans, yeah. Yes, yeah. As opposed to all those Democrats in South Carolina. <laughs> um but yeah, we we can talk about DeSantis. So, I don't know if you were watching live Mike, but I was. I was messaging no. you about it. <laughs> it was quite something. Um and you know that I'm a big, I've, I've written pieces for the site. We've kind of, we, I feel like we were very early on the like DeSantis is overrated train. We've kind of been saying that for two years. Um, 
and like last year everyone was giving us like guff about it um you know don't you remember that <laughs> no i don't actually okay <laughs> we I, I just we so we, there we have a number of like friends of the site who were big like desantis fear mongering i don't like i don't know what the right word is they were like i don't so many people thought desantis was going to be like this big thing and you and i mike we'd always be like just like watch a video of him talking <laughs> right right yeah <laughs> yes yeah. Uh, so and yeah i wrote a piece like a month six weeks ago uh like laying out kind of the case against Ron DeSantis that was well-timed because in the last six weeks, I think he's had probably the worst stretch of his mm-hmm. pre running for president. And now he is running for president and it exploded. It went terribly. I don't know. Um, there have been so many jokes and memes at his expense in the last 24 hours. Um, yeah. I don't know. What's your, what's your read, Mike? Can he bounce back from this? Oh, well, yeah, I, I think that like, so right now he's the clear number two, right? I, there's, there's no, no, mm. I think it comes any close, anywhere yeah. close to it's him and Donald Trump, I think are the two front runners, right? I don't, I don't think that's a question. Um, I think he is a further second place right now than a lot of people expected him to be. Yeah. Um, I do think though. And so while I generally agree that I do think that, I mean, his general kind of, uh, his personality basically and his manner of speech. Like, I do think that those are like, I mean, and there have been like reports saying that like, you know, his staff has been like, we have to like make him look more normal basically. Um, I think those are like serious liabilities for him. I think that they are bigger liabilities for him in a general election than in a primary. Mm. I think that, we shouldn't underwrite how many endorsements he does have from party leaders, both in Congress and at the state level, especially in Iowa. Um, there is a big push um, within the Republican Party to have him be the, the presidential nominee, as well as in conservative media. In fact, that um, I mean, it seems like that, like the entirety of National Review's efforts are in making Ron DeSantis become the next president. Um <laughs> And I, 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 as as funny as the Twitter thing was, as embarrassing as it was for him, I also don't think we should overestimate how many people are on Twitter and actually care about it. There was actually an article that was published in Politico today that was saying, talking about how this this reporter went to a Tim Scott event in Iowa, and he was like, so these are engaged voters, and he yeah. was talking to the people there, and none of them really knew what he was talking about when it came to the Twitter thing. Um, however... I do also think that Ron DeSantis's decision to launch his campaign on Twitter like that, on like a real, a kind of like janky and untested feature on Twitter, is also, I think, indicative of some decision-making problems. And as Sorab Amari, who is like, you can't get much further right than Sorab Amari. He used to be the opinion editor for the New York Post, and now he writes for commentary. He basically said that like, the fact that DeSantis is like running, like it, like DeSantis is running as basically the candidate of like the like right wing Ebros, I think was the phrase he used, mm. and like he pointed out that there was an interview, I th- and I think it was last night on some cable news show, I, I forget what, but somebody was like, what do you, like what would you do in regards to Ukraine, and he he immediately pivoted talking about like wokeism in the military, right. And I do think that there was a problem where Ron DeSantis is living in November 2021, right? Yeah. And he is really convinced that his hardline stances on LGBTQ issues um, and and also 
um, you know, COVID stuff. I mean, he, you know, he COVID basically launched his political career and he talked about how there, you know, there needs to be, you know, people need to be held accountable for the COVID measures and all that stuff. Um, I think that he is vastly overestimating how much people outside of the Republican electorate care about that. And to some extent, how many people, how many people inside the Republican electorate care about it as well. Um, which is all to say that I think you, people should take um, the possibility of Ron DeSantis winning this nomination very seriously, right? I mean, I think that it could, like, put it this way. Does he have, he has a real, he, his ceiling is the nominee, right? He absolutely could win. But his floor, I think, is actually very low. I think his floor is 2020 Elizabeth Warren, which is pretty humiliating for somebody who came in with as much hype as Ron DeSantis did. Yeah. Um, I think there is a chance the debates go dismally for him if he has to debate Donald Trump. Um, I think, and and I think it just seems to me that his campaign, I mean, like even his website, when I was checking it last night, it's just a donation page. There's really no bio or anything about him at all. Um, <laughs> it there For somebody who waited so long to enter the race, it really does seem like he is, unprepared in a lot of different ways but his ground game might be there in a way that it isn't for some other candidates um his website I'll, now has stuff <laughs> yeah um so was that a lot of kind of wishy-washy thing yeah do i think he's going to be donald trump for the nomination no do i think he could lose like in humiliating fashion yes do i also think he could be could be the nominee also yes um um there's a lot to push back on there because I, I guess I may be more of a DeSantis skeptic than even you. Um, I think the thing I disagree most with is that all these things seem like a liability in a general election compared to a primary election. I kind of think it's the opposite. I actually think his problem is he um, he needs to appeal in a primary election and he has no way of connecting with these voters. They like know the name. They like the ideas. Uh but he lacks like in a who cares about the charisma of a candidate in a general election, right? Like there's been a lot of, of, Oh, I think a lot of people care. I, I don't know though. There's so much ink wasted on like Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden and like how they lack, you know, this kind of charisma that someone like Donald Trump or uh, Obama had. Um, And I think it's kind of a little bit of BS. We're so polarized that I kind of think the general election result is going to be within a certain range of outcomes. Sure. Regardless of the nominee, you know, give or take the electoral environment. And I I think the electoral environment will be the same if it is Ron DeSantis as the nominee or Trump as the nominee, if that makes sense. I generally agree. Um, I do wonder, I, I I do think there's like maybe a little bit of an X factor of just, are there lots of Trump supporters who just stay home if DeSantis is the nominee? Yeah, um, yeah. Or does Trump run if DeSantis is the nominee? Right, yeah, that too. Um, I mean, like, his big problem in the primary is just that he's not Donald Trump, right? Like, he's... He, yeah. It, it, this this sell on him from kind of the conservative intelli- intelligentsia is that, well, he has a lot of Trump's hard right policies, but he's electable. I mean, he he just he just won in a landslide in what was once a purple state in Florida. Um, but 
as I think, I think it may have been Dave Weigel who pointed this out or someone on Twitter was said that, well, the thing with the Republican base is that they think Donald Trump is electable because they think he won the 2020 election. Mm. Right. So it doesn't like the, the electability argument, I think is moot for a lot of voters on the ground. And I think that's why there's a potential that it's really just not going to be close for DeSantis. And it's, I, I just think there's a really big perception versus reality thing going on as far as how excited some people are for him. But I also, I, I don't know. I, 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 like, I, I don't think people should just write him off as just like an inevitable failure. But I also like, am not optimistic about his chances, if that makes sense. I was thinking about this today. Let me ask you this. If you were to predict the placement he comes in, in the Republican primary, like first, second, third, fourth, et cetera, where would you put him? Second. For sure. Oh, yeah. I, I like, I, there's, there is no enthusiasm for anybody else but him and Trump. I like, there's no enthusiasm for Haley. There's no enthusiasm for Scott. Um, maybe there's some like very niche enthusiasm for Ramaswamy, but I like who, like Mike Pence is, dead yeah I mean, oh like, yeah he's still alive but he's, you know um i i i yeah i i really do truly think it is trump DeSantis, and then a lot of noise interesting i've been kind of entertaining that the idea that DeSantis could get third place but behind who i i think maybe behind tim scott i think tim scott um i i, I, I don't know i, so I think he's got I, something I, if, if, if this were, if, if, if we did not live in a world where Donald Trump became president, I would agree with you, but I think <laughs> Trump's problem, the Republican primary, and I give him credit for this is he is running as an optimist, right? Hmm. I think Republican party has become the party of grievance. They have hmm. enemies and they want them destroyed. And that is what Trump and DeSantis promised them. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to watch, and we will be here to keep you posted the whole time. Uh, but we will end with that. Thank you for listening, everyone. Let us know what you think on Twitter. I still have that in the script. Uh, you can find and follow us at the Post Writer while we're still there, while the site is still there, or via our email address, contact at thepostwriter.com. We love hearing from you. Tell us what picks we missed, who you'd pick. Tell us if you'd pick Tulsi Gabbard. Please tell me. Um, or suggest some other topics for us to unpack. Tell us what you think about Ron DeSantis, Trump, and all of the characters in this primary. We are a Postwriter podcast brought to you by thepostwriter.com. You can check out stuff we work on, things we've written. Check out my Ron DeSantis piece. Our other podcasts and more over there. And we will see you all and each other next time. But until then, you can always check out the results of this draft and the live updates on our picks on thepostwriter.com slash 2024 draft. And thank you again, Mike. Thank you.